It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 223 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday. Yeah, it's Wednesday, November 8th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com and LockedOnRaptors.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean, and the show is on Twitter as well, Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode. Of course, Locked On Raptors is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you're checking out the Locked On Network on iTunes, on Stitcher, on whatever place you use your podcasts. Uh, there's lots of great hosts, lots of great content. Uh, if you have an itching, burning desire to learn about a certain team, if you want to hear about the Knicks, make sure you check out Locked On Knicks with uh, NBA Injury Report is the host of that show now, actually. I got very excited about that. Um, uh, lots of great hosts. Uh, make sure you're checking it all out. And then check out the Locked On Network of FanRagSports.com blogs. Uh, NFL, NBA, all 32 teams, all 30 teams, all covered. And uh, lots of great content for you to check out there in written form, too. Uh, make sure you're going iTunes. Leave a rating or review for Lockdown Raptors on the iTunes page. Uh, lots of ratings coming in lately. We have like 37 ratings on there. Uh, let's try to get that to 50 or something like that. Uh, all five stars as well. You guys are wonderful people. Helps to move us up the rankings. I noticed that we're on the top 200 the last couple days for uh, podcasts in Canada. So I uh, very much appreciate anyone who's taken the time to leave a rating or review. You're wonderful people and I'm forever indebted to you. All right, on today's show, I'm going to recap a very bizarre game against the Chicago Bulls, uh, a game in which, for the first three quarters, I was on the recap for RaptorsHQ.com last night, and I was on the same job for the season opener uh, against the Bulls, and I was, like, ready to just copy and paste a whole bunch of things that I wrote for the first game into my recap uh, and just see how they compared, and it would have been very similarly because it was a, a game that played out in a very sort of exact kind of way. Uh, to the opener. And I'll get into the similarities in a second, but first I want to tell you about our sponsor for today, and that of course is Draft. And if you're a fantasy basketball fan, you're going to want to listen up to this. If you love fantasy basketball, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real-life snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league, except there's no commitments, and it's fantastic. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts just for one night. There's no management. It just set it and forget it. The draft takes no time at all to go through. It's, you know, however many teams you want. It can be two teams. It can be three. It can be six, up to ten. Uh, it goes really quickly, no matter what it is. 30-second clock on each pick. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. They'll send you a little push notification if, you know, Otto Porter is missing the game as a game 
game time decision with the, with the flu, you can go in and pick a pick a replacement player for Otto Porter. Uh, draft start every couple minutes, and you can join one right now. And the best part, you can play for cold hard cash. That's right, draft start from just one dollar, and there's a draft for everybody. You can go on up to hundreds of dollars if you really want to play it rich uh, and make a bunch of money if you win. No salary caps. You play in a real live snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season long league. But once again, no commitments. It's fantastic. You get someone injured one night. Boogie Cousins leaves the game because he gets a technical foul halfway through. It only hurts you for one night, and you can come right back the next night and take Boogie Cousins because he's awesome. Uh, Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in a minute. uh, In minutes, sorry. Uh, Or play right from your computer on Draft.com, whatever you want. Just a notice uh, for those who have Google phones, it's not quite available on Google Play in Canada just yet, uh, but that's where you go to Draft.com if you want to play anyway. Uh, Make sure you're checking out Draft.com if you have a Google device. That should be up and running soon, I would hope, uh, but that, just a note, note there for Android users. Uh, for limited time only two, all players get a free entry with a draft. And when you make your first deposit, uh, you got to use my promo code to do that. You use the promo code LORAPTORS. That's all one word, LORAPTORS, as in Locked on Raptors. And you get to play a real money game for free just using my promo code LORAPTORS on your first deposit on draft. Uh, and each Wednesday for the next little while on the Locked on Podcast Network is going to be Draft Wednesday. Uh, there's a bunch of leagues you can join. You can follow people on there. I'm Locked on Sean. You can follow Locked on Jazz, Locked on Clippers, uh, Chris Manning. I think uh, CWM Rights is on there. You can follow a whole bunch of people who are involved with the Lockdown Network. We're putting on leagues for listeners. I have one today. Uh, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, make sure you're checking it out. Follow me, Lockdown Sean. Join the Lockdown Raptors League and come and play and probably take my money because I'm not very good at this. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're doing it every Wednesday, so make sure you're checking it out and joining Lockdown NBA Drafts. And there's like a one, there's a draft on there that's just the Lockdown Network draft that just repopulates every single time. It's full uh, and it's for people who follow the Lockdown Podcast Network. On, on draft. So make sure you're doing that as well. So download the app, use the promo code LORAPTORS, get a free entry, and play on draft with us today. All right, let's get to the game from last night, which again, it seemed very similar to the opener for three quarters or so. The Raptors had, uh, you know, a bit of a, it wasn't like a bad start by any means. Their offense was humming. The defense was a little iffy in the first quarter. Uh, the starters actually lo- looked a lot better in this quarter than they did in the first quarter of the first game, understandably, I suppose, even though the starters have had some issues. Um, and, you know, things were kind of clicking for the Raptors. They were up 20 by halftime after being up only three after the first quarter. The second unit came in and did what the second unit has done all season long. They ran, they hit a bunch of threes, they... He played incredible defense. You know, OG Ananobi had a couple of great plays, one in which he picked the ball right out of someone's hands. I can't remember who exactly it was. And he just gunned it down the, down the court to Kyle Lowry on an outlet pass for a layup. Um, it was it was beautiful. The, the second quarter was fantastic. The Raptors really pulled away. The third quarter was just kind of stagnant in terms of the score. Uh, it was only like a 17-point lead going into the fourth quarter. The, the Bulls outscored the Raptors 36-33. Their, their offense kind of clicked a little bit. The Raptors' defense definitely sagged in that quarter as well. Uh, but I don't think the Raptors played particularly bad in that quarter. The, the, the Bulls got a little bit hot. In the third quarter, you saw, you know, DeMar DeRozan had a really nice quarter, and it was very promising. Uh, he kind of, if there was someone in the first half who wasn't playing well, it was probably DeMar. He just kind of seemed a little bit out of it. Very reminiscent of the first game of the season in which Dwayne Casey addressed after the game uh, how he was just kind of trying to figure out how to fit in what the Raptors are doing on offense in the new system uh, that's a little bit more egalitarian than it has been in the past. And naturally, DeMar DeRozan is kind of the guy who fits out of that the most. Um, and he was kind of searching for his spots a little bit in the first half. He only had six points, one assist going into the second half. Uh, but the third quarter, it was just it was a great sort of example of what this offense can look like when 
they've strike they, when they strike a balance between Demar and Kyle kind of running things and being the focal points, and then also incorporating the ball movement principles that we've seen them you know try to you know switch more over towards this season. Uh, and Demar kind of did both of those things perfectly in the third quarter. He had 12 points, three assists. One of his assists was this gorgeous driving kick along the baseline to Serge Ibaka in the corner, uh, just like James Harden stuff. Really, it was it was great to see. DeMar hit two threes, both of which were coming around the three at the top of the arc. Uh, it's something that I don't know if we've ever seen that from DeMar two times in one quarter. Uh, it's a couple quarters now where DeMar's had a couple third quarters now, the last couple games where DeMar has put down a couple threes. I think he's sitting at like 31% from three right now on more attempts per game than he's ever put up. He's about 2.3 or is it 2.3 or 2.8? I don't know the numbers in front of me right now, but it's uh it's one of those, and it's it's the high it's the highest uh, volume of threes he's been putting up. It's not like a huge jump or anything. I think he was at like 1.7 per game last season, but even a slight uptick is nice to see. And the fact that he's bombing these around the around screen threes like that is something we've never seen from him, and I'm not sure it's going to continue. They were pretty wide open shots, you know. Teams really like to go under the screen on him, but if he can make teams pay for that, then that's a nice little bonus to the offense for sure. Um, and yeah, he looked really just in tune with the offense and, you know, the way Casey had been talking about him trying to find his spots, he was doing just that. And then the fourth quarter came around and I don't know what it was. He just kind of got a little hero ball and he, you know, kind of did his DeMar DeRozan thing. He didn't, you know, have a horrible quarter by any means or a horrible game. He ended up finishing nine of 18 for 24 points, got to the line four times. I think one of the things that kind of maybe fed into his struggles in the fourth quarter was he was getting pretty frustrated with the whistle. He only, you know, the four free throws is pretty on the low end for him. And normally he's picking up, you know, nine, ten free throws a game. He wasn't getting the calls that he's used to. And I think that was definitely affecting his play. He was two of six in the fourth quarter, just two of two from the line. And he was a minus eight. And the, the comeback for the Bulls, it didn't really feel like the Bulls were going to mount a comeback, really. And when it started to happen, the bench was in when the, the Bulls kind of started to get the deficit down a little bit. I think it got to like 13 or 12 when the starters came back in uh, with, you know, about four and a half minutes into the quarter. And it didn't feel like a real threat, really. It was the Bulls. They're not very talented. Bobby Portis was the big reason behind their comeback. He had 14 points in the fourth quarter. It was kind of insane um, in his first game back after punching out Nikola uh, Mirotic. And yeah, it was. It didn't feel like a real threat, really. It was the Bulls. You're not. You're not too worried about it. It was fourth quarter complacency, and that was pretty much all it felt like. But then the starters came back in, and the defense sagged. And Serge Ibaka and Jonas Valanciunas, as I wrote about this week, proved that once again they don't really work together defensively. And Portis and Markinen started to go off a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you're looking at like a five point game or a six point game or even down to a three point game at one time, where Larry Markinen had a chance to tie the game at 117-114, if I recall correctly. Um, And it just kind of fell apart for the Raptors. I don't really know what happened there. And again, part of it was DeMar DeRozan and kind of just trying to look for his own shot a little bit too much. Kyle Lowry missed some shots that I think he normally would hit. Uh, He had a pretty good game overall, but he was one of five in the fourth quarter um, and lost his offense a little bit. Early in the game, Lowry was doing a great job of just kind of blowing by guys. He had a bit more burst than I think we've seen. Had a couple of his patented layups around seven-foot dudes who... Probably should be blocking the shot, but they don't because Lowry's kind of got the angles and things figured out perfectly when he's under the basket. Um, I guess you you figured that out over 12 years in the league, trying to uh, negotiate dudes who are much bigger than you. Uh, but he had a bit of a rough fourth quarter, and yeah, the, the offense kind of stagnated a little bit as well with the bench. Uh, OG Ananobi had a really nice quarter, and he kind of got pulled a little early. I thought he had a you know he hit a three. He was two of three in the game from deep, and he had four points in that fourth quarter. One of the sequences where he had the the three, though, it was it was a 
wonderful little sequence where he shut down Bobby Portis on a drive and then went right back down and hit a three in transition. And it was like, okay, this is OG Ananobi at his peak. And this is very exciting. But then he got the hook not long after that. And things really went downhill from there. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. And even then, after the starters came in and they started to hemorrhage some points a little bit, it didn't feel quite like this, the threat was all that real from the Bulls. It felt like eventually DeMar or Kyle was going to hit a big bucket and, and kind of stem the tide a little bit. But, you know, the, the Valanciunas and Ibaka thing didn't really work out. In two minutes in that quarter, uh, it was enough for for uh, for Dwayne Casey sorry, to realize that the, the pairing didn't work. And I think if there's something positive to take from the fourth quarter, it's that Valanciunas did, did is that Casey didn't ride Valanciunas in Ibaka till the end. I think he realized pretty quickly that it wasn't working. And he took out Valanciunas, put in Pascal Siakam, who uh, is a much more spry defensive player. I think a better fit next to Ibaka, like we've talked about. And it, it didn't really work. <laughs> the, the the Bulls kept clawing back. DeRozan kept t- trying to look for his own shot. Uh, it got very ISO-y and very sort of back to like the 2014 hate day of DeRozan and Lowry just kind of being trying to do everything on the offense and not really letting anyone else kind of be all that involved uh Serge Ibaka missed a couple shots he did have one great play where he uh grabbed an offensive rebound and got a bucket and like grabbed an offensive rebound is under is an understatement he fought for it with like three different guys uh and went back up and made and got the bucket which was really great and that was kind of a a big moment for the Raptors late in that game, but you got down to the point where it was like 115-109, and DeRozan just seemed flustered. He really did, uh, and the Raptors were kind of lucky because you know DeRozan gets the gets the inbound after a, a couple Lowry Markkinen uh, free throws to make it 115-109, and Chris Dunn's hounding him in his own end, and he pokes it away and gets a steal, and DeRozan is just apoplectic after that happens. He smashes the ball on the ground right in front of the ref. Had it been the ref who was uh, manning the game on Sunday against the Wizards. Maybe he gets tossed. I mean, it was much more than what Kyle Lowry did, at least you know, visual, visually. It wasn't, you know, who knows what he said. And Kyle Lowry obviously said some stuff. We can see it from the lip-reading cameras. Um, but, you know, DeRozan was pretty, you know, boisterous in front of the ref in that in that instant. And I'm pretty surprised he didn't at least get a tech. Um, had he gotten a tech, maybe we're talking about a game in which the Raptors completely squandered the lead. But no, uh, eventually the Raptors figured it out. Uh, DeRozan made a nice turnaround bucket, a very DeRozan bucket that... Uh, it just it didn't feel quite that jubilant when he did it. You know, normally when you hit a late bucket, it's kind of like a dagger. You feel great, but this was more like an all oh, right. Well, thankfully, this was this was a this was a relief more so than anything that made you happy. Um, that DeRozan was able to bail it out after kind of being maybe the the main catalyst for what happened in the fourth quarter as the Raptors spiraled spiraled down and gave up that lead. Um, yeah, it was. I don't know. This is one of those games where. You can 
look at it and you can come away with multiple different takeaways. You can look at the first quarter and say, hey, the starters look pretty good. That was nice. Uh, and that's something to build off of. You can say, you know, look at the second quarter and say, oh, look, look at the bench being amazing again and pull it from that. You can look at the third quarter and look at DeRozan and Ibaka, both having pretty nice quarters there and being excited about that. Or you can look at the fourth quarter and focus on what happened poorly. Uh, when what, what, what went poorly? Man, uh, what went poorly for the Raptors there and really harp on that and dwell on it. And there's a lot to dwell on for sure. I do think a lot of it was just the Bulls getting hot. They, I mean, they weren't that hot. They were 11 of 24 in the fourth quarter. 11 of 23, sorry. Uh, so they weren't exactly like blowing the doors off the Raptors. They got to the line a whole bunch, 8 of 9 from the line, um, and that helped them as well. But, yeah, it wasn't like they were playing incredible offense or anything like that. Bobby Portis got hot, and that was about it. Chris Dunn had a quarter as well, 8 points, 2 of 4 shooting. It was just a very strange quarter that I don't think if you played that quarter over and over again, you'd see you'd have the same result. I think you'd have some more misses from the Bulls. Uh, you'd have some more makes from DeRozan, who you know was hitting the shots that he was missing earlier in the game. And you can dwell on the game and look at it and say, oh, man, like this is a, you know, a harbinger of bad things to come for the Raptors. They couldn't even close out the freaking Bulls. But I think it's more of a situation where they just got lazy against a, a bad team in the fourth quarter. Um, and the Bulls kind of were feeling themselves a little bit. Bobby Portis was having out-of-body experience. And that's kind of where it was. Bobby Portis had 14-9-2 in the fourth quarter. I mean... That's not going to happen all the time, and that was the big reason why the Bulls were able to come back in this one. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Um, so I'm not sure if there's like a red flag from this game that you would say like, oh man, like this is something bad is about to happen with the Raptors. They're on on the verge of a collapse or, or, or you know, to fall off the cliff with their defense or whatever. I think... Most, mostly the Raptors' defense was fine. I think you know Casey made a smart, quick adjustment just two minutes into the Valanciunas-Abaca thing uh, in the fourth quarter to get Valanciunas out of there. And, like, you can harp on having Valanciunas in there in the first place, but he was having a great game other than the fourth quarter. Like, he was incredible. Uh, and that's another one of those positive, thing, positive things you can take from this game in that Valanciunas, once again, like very much like in the first game of the season against the Bulls, maybe just play the Bulls all the time and it will be uh, very good for Valanciunas's ego in the way he plays. But um, he was really good. He 21 points, 10, 10 rebounds. Uh, he wasn't making like the, the passes on the short roll that maybe he was early in the season or in the preseason, but he was a lethal weapon in the pick and roll. Both DeRozan and Lowry found him multiple times. And that I think was, uh, you know, something we've been hoping to see for a long time. And it's probably not going to repeat itself because we've seen this happen before. We've seen this movie where there's a game or two where him and where Valanciunas and his guards really hook up, and then the, that kind of goes away for a little while until you come across another matchup that Valanciunas can take advantage of and doesn't get ripped apart defensively. You know, Robin Lopez is very good. He's had a really nice season. He's the best player on the Bulls, but he's one of those kind of guys, one of those more you know near the rim centers that Valanciunas tends to kind of bully a little bit. Um, and but it was still good to see. Like Valanciunas has had some rough goes of it. Uh, the last game against the the the, uh, the Wizards was not a good night for him. Him against the Wizards, it's rarely a good night for him. Um, so uh, it was nice to see that he kind of bounced back a little bit. Twenty one and ten again. Uh, and even Abaka had some like nice moments on offense as well. He didn't force things as much. He seemed a lot more sort of in rhythm. He had a couple nice pump fakes. He made those drives. 
His drives, man, there's like a low-key potential for him to come away with a dunk of the season for the Raptors this year. Uh, that dude can get up when he wants to, and the little pump fake that he does in like two steps to the rim from the three-point line, it's tough to, it's tough to, it's really hard to guard. He had a couple times that happened in the playoffs last year, and it was really fun, and it kind of gets people up. Um, and he had like a decent game. He had 16 points, five rebounds, seven of 11 shooting, two of four from deep. Didn't force things, wasn't jacking shots up, wasn't being, you know, big Terrence Ross. He was just kind of doing things within the rhythm of the offense. And I think that speaks to how the starters were kind of meshing a little bit more. You had CJ Miles go three of six from deep as well. He's been a little cold lately, so that was nice to see too. Um, overall, just a good night for. From most people in that fourth quarter, I think kind of sours it for, for everyone, uh, and they're going to harp on it. But you know, up and down the roster, the shooting was good. The three pointers were dropping like crazy for the Raptors. Um, I think they were 13 of 25 on the night, you know, for better than 50. percent That's something that we've been praying to see from the Raptors at some point this season, actually being able to knock down their open looks, and they did that. Delon Wright hit an open three. Jonas Valanciunas hit a three. I forgot about that. How did I not lead with that? What am I doing? Uh, maybe this is an anti-Jonas podcast. I don't know, but he hit a three last night, and it was awesome. Um, and it was, you know, one of those trailing threes where. I'm not sure I want Valanciunas taking threes all the time. I don't think I want him standing in the corner waiting for spot-up looks, but if he's going to catch one on the trailer once in a while, that's very fun. It gets the, the arena up and moving, uh, and it's exciting for him. Maybe it gets him a little bit more engaged on defense. I don't know. Uh, I don't really know how to gauge how offensive you know involvement ends up translating to defense, but maybe that's a thing for, for Valanciunas. I don't know. Uh, I still think his limitations physically kind of keep him from being a good defender but it's nice to get to get him threes that that was awesome uh i hope it's not a regular occurrence just because i don't think it makes sense but um as a trailer why not toss him one once in a while see if he can nail it um his second career three that's that's very fun that's very cool i think he hit the first one last year against the, the Cavs in the final game of the year so this is his first three in a meaningful game, I suppose. Although it is against the Bulls, so you take that for what it's worth. Um, but yeah, this the fourth quarter, I think, really clouds. Like, if you just looked at the box score of this game, I think you'd be a lot more sort of encouraged by it, just the way people shot, the way people played. Uh, Kyle Lowry, he didn't have the most amazing stat line in the world, 17-6-4. Sorry, 17-6-6, but uh, I thought he looked really great in the first half. He had a, a wonderful half of, of defense and playmaking, um, and him with the second unit looks really good. I mentioned that Ananobi played a Lowry on the outlet pass. Uh, I want to see a lot more Lowry with the second unit. We only saw Fred Van Vliet for 10 minutes last night. Uh, saw 10 minutes of Bay Bay too, so we're still looking at the expanded rotation at this point um, of whatever it is, 12 dudes getting in the lineup, but uh, you know these guys have deserved minutes. They've earned them, so I, I think it's okay to kind of just test things out uh, and see. You know, I, I think probably Bebe might have lost himself a, little, a few minutes last night. He played ten minutes, had no points, uh, just one assist. But the assist was very nice, actually. It was the kind of play that summed up exactly how the Raptors figured out the Bucks last season, and that. DeRozan, this was in the third quarter when DeRozan was playing really well. DeRozan uh, got trapped at the top at the top of the pick and roll. He dished off to uh, Miles, sorry, dished off to Bebe on the short roll, and then Bebe found Miles near the end of the third quarter for a three, and that was pretty much exactly what the Raptors need, and I think that's like a, a, a thing that we've been wanting from them for a long time, just the smoothness and the ability to play out of those traps and to be able to find open shots and make the smart play. That was a nice thing to see. Other than that, though, Bebe had a bit of an off night, and maybe we start to see his 
his minutes pared down a little bit. Same with Fred Van Vliet, just 10 minutes, but we also saw Lowry play with the second unit a bit more often than we've seen, and uh, the minutes there were very good. It was a big part of the second quarter pull away. Um, So, yeah, that's pretty much all I got on this one. I I appreciate you listening. Thanks so much for tuning in, Um, and I'm going to have another one on Thursday probably to – it might be a recap, might be – uh, like a post game from the arena for the Raptors and Pelicans. That's going to be a fun one. The the boogie brow combination is immensely enjoyable. I'm having a good time watching those guys, and I'm excited to watch them in person tomorrow. And so that would probably be like a, a recap podcast tomorrow night. Um, don't really the previews. I don't know. You tell me. I have I used to do previews for for games, but the the podcast get out of date so quickly that I'm not sure it really matters all that much because the games happen and things happen that we didn't predict and the previews be, be are rendered moot you know within a couple hours um so i don't really like to do them anymore but if you want me to go back to previews i can do that too let me know shoot me a tweet at woodley sean go to the uh email me at locked on raptors at gmail.com as well uh, i'm always open to your feedback um but yeah I, I'm, I'm probably gonna do it a post-game podcast do it as a post-game podcast tomorrow night after the pelicans game so stay tuned for that um, that's all I got. Thanks so much for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Follow the show at Locked On Raptors. Leave ratings, leave reviews. Um, I'm hosting again on TSN 1150 in Hamilton on Thursday morning if you want to tune in for that from 6 till 9 a.m. Um, and today we our show was very somber. We talked about Roy Halladay. Um, and uh, I'm not going to really get into it on here because I've talked about Roy Halladay for three hours today already. But um, really sad about that. And we had a really good show to sort of commemorate him. And we talked to some great people. Orlando Hudson, former Blue Jay, was on the show. Uh, talked to Nick Dyka from the Arkells as well. He was a big Jays fan. Uh, writes for Baseball Perspectives covering the Jays. Uh, it was a really great uh, few hours of talking about Roy Halladay and remembering him. So if you want to listen to that, I retweeted the links. You can check those out on my Twitter as well. Um, and make sure you're tuning into the show tomorrow. It'll be a lot more sort of lighthearted, I think, probably, and a little bit more focused on the day in sports other than the really sad news that came out of Florida yesterday. Okay, that's going to do it for me. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, We'll talk to you again on Thursday, and have a great night, everybody. Cheers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.